This week's podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks. I've been using FreshBooks for years. We send hundreds of invoices a year using FreshBooks. It is incredibly easy to use, whether you are a large business, a mid-sized business, or a freelancer, FreshBooks allows you to send out custom invoices and get paid faster. I have a secret. We were using a very popular uh, accounting system that a lot of people use that's a giant pain in the neck to use, and I couldn't do it any longer, so I searched out all over the internets to find a place where I could do my bookkeeping online and I came up with FreshBooks and I'm pretty excited about them. Uh, They are not expensive at all. They are perfect for freelancers. They are perfect for the self-employed and they're perfect for my business too. And for the next 30 days, you can have unrestricted free trial to FreshBooks by going to freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan. You guys know I don't endorse a lot of products. I only like to endorse things that I use and I've used them for years. So check it out, freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan and see why I'm always so happy. A podcast? Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible. This week on the Million Dollar Plans, we we take a a look at how real estate investments have an impact on someone's million-dollar day. And our guest joins us from the West Coast, which many say is the best coast, but it wouldn't be me because I'm a ginger. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. How you doing? Good. You know, I was just on my family vacation in Hilton Head, in which I had my shirt off for about a week on a beach in front of thousands of people, and I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> How's your sunburn now? Is it it, it's tamed down. You know, here's the thing. First day, uh, I'm pretty good on the back. Second day, my eight-year-old daughter was like, Dad, can I spray on your, your, your sunscreen? I was like, yeah, sure. What the hell? <laughs> And so now it, it's not so great. It's like a Jackson Pollock on my back. But we're not here to talk Ooh. about my pastiness. We're here right. to talk about whether or not you take your shirt off at the beach, Jeff. Um, yeah, you know, I, I try to because I, I try to get, get my skin a little bit darker. I'm, I'm not a ginger, but I'm, I'm also quite pasty. I, I hail from the Midwest originally. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty scary, though, the first, like, ten times I take my shirt off at the beach. Um, my wife sometimes tells me to put my shirt back on. But uh, I, I tell her that, you know, if I'm going to get tan, I've got to keep trying. Well, I appreciate that. Now, how old a fella are you? Um, I'm 34, and my wife, uh, Maud, is also 34. Okay, we're going with fake name Maud, got a, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Jeff and Maud. Um, it's a, a, a tribute to one of my favorite movies. Of course. And yeah. uh, you're, uh, you have a child or no children or dogs? What do we got? Yeah. Yeah, um, we got a 13-month-old uh, daughter, Okay, and she uh, just, just started walking. All right, and what do you do for your Your household income is pretty high. Well, what do you guys do for a living? Okay, so um, my so I, I'm a, I guess, like, I'm a rocket salesman. I work for uh, an Wait, 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 time out, time. You're a rocket <laughs> salesman? Kind of, yeah. I, I work for, um, for SpaceX, which is based in Hawthorne. Um, I am part of the team, uh, the overall team that that does sales uh, yeah. to our, our customers. So 
it's a it's a lot of engineers talking to other engineers, oh, and uh, wow. I have an engineering background, so it's that's kind of my my comfort zone. But but I also get to you know to, to help the company grow as we prepare to eventually go to Mars. So on, <laughs> I'm now involved with the Mars mission, Nicole. Did you realize you this? Are. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a good thing. So help me understand yeah. how how often is the the joke this is rocket science used at work? <laughs> um, it's it's we definitely have a lot of mugs and yeah. and uh, a printer paraphernalia that say something about rocket science. Yeah, there's a guy who walks around with a pin that says I'm a rocket scientist. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so does your wife Maud? Is she also working? Yeah, um, well she's she's in between uh, jobs, but but she's been working in in the legal field uh, for a while, and she's actually gonna gonna start working again as a as kind of a background investigator. But she's kind of uh, just trying different career paths right now. Uh, I think she might switch, and then she's also for the time being um, staying at home taking care of our daughter. So what what's the end all? What's the goal for you financially? You think about your financial life, and sure, you want to get someone on Mars. I mean, who doesn't? Specifically, if it's Matt Damon, because <laughs> Matt Damon's been there. Yeah. He knows he knows how to behave there. By the way, did you yeah, read, was, did you read the book before you saw the movie? Oh man, the Martian? Um, no, unfortunately not. I, but a lot of my coworkers did, and uh, yeah, so I'm not proud of that. I, okay. I hope I can read it, but. But actually, there there are a lot of uh, corrections that we we have actually given to the author about about the story, like the physics on Mars that that he said are a little bit different uh, in real life than than they are in the novel. But but the, the story is a little bit more you know dramatic. Sure. So they had to change the physics a bit. <laughs> I like that you marsplained something to the author a of the book. I always love when, as an I, author, people send me notes about how my stuff's wrong. That's endearing. So. Um, Overall, like, I, sure, we want to get someone on Mars, but your financial life, you and Maud, like, what, what's the point? What are you trying to yeah. do? What do you want to do? Um, so, you know, we just want to have a good, uh, basically raise our daughter um, really well. We want to let her, you know, try all the, you know, all the things she wants to try, you know, travel with her, um, you know, pay for, you know, private lessons for whatever she wants to, to do, whatever she takes interest in, like if she wants to be a, you know, a uh, pianist or a rock climber or something. We want to just let her do that. And uh, so right now, like our, our goals have changed a lot from before, where I was kind of more selfishly maybe thinking of like, well, you know, um, I could you know retire early or something like that. But but the more you know, I, I got thinking about our family, the more I thought, well, you know, our daughter's really important to us, and then also our uh, our parents who are getting older. We want to make sure that that we can you know kind of step in and, and help them out um, if they need it. Sure. And, I, and yeah. let's let's get weird here for a second. I mean, the, I'll keep going back to the Mars thing, but let's be honest, that's <laughs> sort of a career thing. That's it's not like, well, we got there uh, in 2019, so we're good to go. Like this is a this is yeah. an ongoing effort which if you wanted to continue to be a rocket salesperson, you probably could for quite some time. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 definitely in this for the long haul and and you know, we're we're not going to get to Mars for, for several years, but after we get there, there's going to be, you know, a lot of stuff to do. There's going to be, you know, starting your first, uh, the first pizza restaurant on Mars, and the first hotel, first Airbnb. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a, a company that I can definitely see myself working with uh, for a very long time. So what's unique about your situation, you've chosen early on to create wealth uh, via real estate uh, as opposed to, the stock market. Talk to us about that, because for people that are typically on this program, it, it, that's not the case. But I, I'm very interested to to know your theory and and how you were able to do this. Okay, so actually, my my wife Maud gets 
all the credit for this. Nice. Um, I was, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. She's, she's like super smart and, and more gussy than I am about this kind of stuff. Cause I was always just like the, just save money, you know, in a, in under a mattress until, you know, some, some later date. But <laughs> when we got married, she said, you know what, what, um, you know, she comes from more of an entrepreneurial family. Her, her parents have their own small business and she always just grew up with that, that, that it's better to invest in, you know, and, and go for bigger growth than to just let things sit. So, so she convinced me uh, to buy our first condo in 2012. And then we, you know, we stayed there for a couple of years, we sold it. And then we just saw the opportunity as kind of the market was still really good. Uh, and, and the interest rates were really low. So we kind of just kept, uh, you know, finding property that we thought was a good value and, and buying and, and selling. And we've done a few so far. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's probably as, big of a contributor to our financial situation now is anything I've done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you, from a property value standpoint, your homes are worth, you have one at 830000 another one at 700000 which, in, I mean, again, we're talking L.A., so... It's L.A. It's L.A. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's a one-bedroom brothel. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's a two-bedroom condo and, like, a four-bedroom townhouse, but both of them are, like, less than 2,000 square foot, so we're not, like, living, like, kings exactly i mean you could definitely buy like a really nice place almost anywhere else in the country for like a quarter of the price <laughs> but you do have five hundred thousand dollars in equity between the two yeah right so that that's yeah. really that that's where i'd like to focus the attention because one of your questions sure. is should you keep doing what you're doing in terms of buying another house when you can and and, and looking at that that growth in the real estate market well, let's look at the dangers of that. I mean, your your household income sure. right now is over three hundred thousand dollars a year. I have to think one of the dangers of this is income going down, uh, and then at the same time, because of the economy and the situation in which your income would go down, that uh, it would be tough to rent to people. Thus, you'd have empty houses and not the income to support the mortgages. Is that about right? Wait, wait, wait. We'll complete that thought right after these words. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to my life, and welcome to the life of business owners and freelancers all across this globe. Challenging? Yep. But our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. And believe me when I tell you, it's beautiful. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. And I work. And anyone works. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. <laughs> the all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. For those doing the math, it's a half a minute. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days earlier and see when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing game. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. That's you. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com slash MDP and enter million dollar plan. 
Go get the free stuff right now. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm a little concerned about. I, I think my my wife is just focused on, you know, for the the place we're renting out, um, just keeping them because we really like them as tenants. Sure. And then just yeah, and and then um, as far as the place we're living in, yeah, just uh, you know, just stay there, and and it's a it's a rent that we can afford, and yeah, and she's you know she still wants to find another you know good deal, but the market has come up considerably since uh, five years ago. So, you know, we're, we're okay cooling it for a little while. Or We've even thought about looking in other metro areas to invest, but we're kind of nervous about that. So I, I kind of doubt we're going to end up doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's a concern of mine. So I have, I have family out your way, and it's, it's interesting, right? And their situation is probably not too different from, from yours, that it, you really can capitalize on a lifestyle like this if you move out of L.A., Right. If at any point in time you're like, ah, we're going to go somewhere else in the country that's not San Francisco, Seattle, or Manhattan, <laughs> then you're instantly real estate geniuses, right? Uh, gotcha. So I don't know. Yeah. I, do, do you feel like to to buy another property? Do you do you even know what a, a range would be for you? Yeah, we were actually looking at a place um, here that was going for about five hundred, uh, which was is actually. A deal here, believe it or not. Sure. Um, but but we lost on it because somebody wanted to pay like five fifty for it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And what would yeah, you, it's, what it's would real. you put down on something like that? I mean, you have a hundred thousand dollars in uh, your emergency fund, about a hundred thousand. Yeah, we were talking about just putting twenty percent down, and okay. then if we need a few extra thousand, just like borrow it for uh, from family for like a, a few months, and then pay it back. Yeah, you do. I do see that one of your debts is you have one hundred and sixty thousand dollars that family yeah. gifted you for down payment. Let's talk about that because yeah. that can get awkward. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I put that on because I, I really wanted to get your perspective on it. Sure. Yeah. So um, sure. So okay, so it. they gave us. So yeah, right. So they actually we had a really a good situation where um, Maud's parents had a place and they didn't want to pay the mortgage anymore, and they asked us if we would just you know, take it over for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did, we took it over, we found tenants, um, and then we sold it. So, I mean, it's, it was a gift. I mean, they said it was a gift, but I feel like anything that big is like, I can't just take that for granted. And, and my wife feels the same way. So, you know, I, I feel like it's the right thing to do to pay them back. So, okay. So I gotta, I gotta uh, get some further clarification here. The, sure. the, the 160,000 bucks was sort of the profit on the home. Is that basically what happened? It, it was like the, it was like the down payment. What we figured was the, the down payment and what they'd paid into the house. Mm -hmm. Um, cause they, they'd owned it for a few months, but then they, they just realized that they didn't want to manage it anymore. So then they just, they just let us, uh, basically like let us buy it from them. And then, uh, yeah, so that's how, that's how we came to own that one. And are they financially secure by by any objective measure, or are they not? I mean, I think so. I mean, they. So they. One thing that I uh, I worry about is, um, well, first of all, they're they're doing pretty well in their business. Uh, they've transitioned really well to kind of like the online marketplace uh, from like the brick and mortar. They, uh, they're doing a lot more sales online now. But um, I'm I'm a little worried that the the house they live in is a little bit too much 
house, like it's more house than they need, and, and it's a lot of money. Housing is expensive here, so I worry about that, but they don't seem to be too concerned about it. So I, I, I could see them needing the money, though, at some point. Does, so I'd like to just have it there. How's Maud feel about it? Um, she just doesn't really want to worry about it too much, um, but she does feel like we need to um, pay them back for that. So I'm, I'm definitely treating that as, as a responsibility that we have. You know, your situation is really interesting because with the in, sort of income you have, you can create some serious wealth. I mean, at, at 320 a year, um, and that's with her trying to, between jobs, right? That was last year, so between jobs, it's, it's going to be a little bit less this year, but okay. it'll be in the neighborhood, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're going to have a lot of freedom, and I, I think... Um, when it gets into real estate investing, and by no means am I a real estate investing expert, by no means am I a real estate investing expert, but, but that's how you can make a ton of money when you live in a city like LA. And even when the market, that real estate market crashes, it really kind of doesn't in LA. You know, it's not like the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's what we notice is that in, we're, we're based like in the South Bay, there, there's still so many people who are making uh, really high incomes that will still want to buy those places. And the supply of housing is still really low. So yeah, it's, it's not totally immune, but it's more immune than other areas. Yeah. So here's a couple things that, that to think about with your situation. Let's say you bought another house for 500. You have a hundred thousand dollars in savings right now. I would be a little nervous to have three properties and no money in your emergency fund. That would freak me out a little bit. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but, and then I think the other factor in this too is you do have a million dollars in life insurance, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But you said you don't have a will or a trust, which right. also makes me nervous with so much real estate, right? Right. Yeah, we know we've got to do it. It's just been, we, since we had the baby, we just have been pushing it off, but, uh, which is like the opposite of what we should do. <laughs> but we've just been busy. So I know we have to do that. So you totally drive a Tesla, don't you? I wish. No, I don't. I'm I'm uh, thrifty. I drive a Honda CRV. That's a okay. good family car. Yeah. <laughs> but my coworkers have Teslas. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would assume everyone at SpaceX has a Tesla. There, there's definitely a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um. Let, let's hit, let's hit your t- typical million dollar day because it is interesting. You you only have ninety eight hundred dollars or pardon me. Uh. Yeah. Ninety eight hundred dollars set aside for the long term. Um with 2200 or so a month going there, which would make your million-dollar day July 11th of 2034. But when, we, when, we, when I talk about that, I mean, of course, of just stock market assets. You clearly okay. are at your net worths north of $600,000 already in real estate and cash. So, um, mm-hmm. And to take that further, at age 67, with just stock market assets doing exactly what you're doing, you'd have $4.45 million dollars in the market uh, at age 67 with a total monthly income of $10,394 a month, which adjusted for inflation and taxes, that's $4,600 a month in today's dollars. And again, that's outside of the bulk of your wealth, which happens to be in real estate, which I think is pretty good balance. Okay. Okay. So, so you like that allocation. Yeah. I, I didn't know how, you know, how that would seem to you because, you know, some other, I guess, Online resources seems like real estate maybe shouldn't be as much of a, a part of the portfolio as, as stocks and equities, but 
maybe that's just because real estate's a little hard to quantify. Well, um, usually when you look at those online calculators of, of, of uh, asset allocation, that 10 per, they usually want to see 10% or so in real estate. That's, th- those are things like REITs. And those are things mm-hmm. like uh, not residential you know, real estate. So um, it's completely different. I, I, I have no, no beef um, with the way you're doing it whatsoever. You remind me of a good friend of mine who he and his wife, very similar income to yours, and their income, their portfolio is about 50% real estate, 50% stock, traditional stock market things. And their life seems pretty similar to what you've out, outli- or outlined here. I have no problem with it, especially given that you're in somewhere like LA as opposed to trying to get this done in like Omaha, Nebraska or something, right? Which is just completely mm, different. Right, you, right, right, right. I, I see, here's how I look at your situation. You have short-term stability given the $100,000 of income, $100,000 in savings. You have long-term, some stability if you ignore the real estate and just look at your 401k, but then your midterm, I mean, that's where your life is super interesting. Uh, Whether it be one year from now or 25 years from now, you can kind of do whatever you want because of all the equity uh, in your homes. Uh, So that's that's what's fascinating to me. That's actually, I'd really love to, you know, to get, your perspective on that, like midterm, like what, where do you think we could go with it? Like, uh, what, what paths do you see people doing like in the midterm? Like, you know, would, uh, starting like a business at some point in the midterm or I don't know, having, having more kids or like taking care of parents. Like those are all things that would cost money. That could be really fun. Yes. Um, (laughs) I, I think a situation like yours with the income you have, your life has to be about flexibility. So, so often on this show, we talk to people about creating stability, Stability is not an issue for you. Your, your life financially is about flexibility, which means um, let's say you get an idea for a business that you want to start in 10 years. So you would just sell one of your rental properties and take the half million dollars in, in capital to start the business, right? Or sure. um, here's another thing. Let's say you uh, pay off one of these houses. Therefore, it becomes a big income property for you. And then you eventually could sell that as an asset down the road. So it really is, and, and the world is your oyster. When you make this sort of money and you're making the decisions you're making, like if you'd come on here and said you had one property and you have close to zero equity in it and it's pushing to the limit, I mean, I would be concerned. But yeah, I am. I'm not worried about the rocket salesman today. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell uh, my wife Maude that that she's done a really good job for us. She has. And you know what? Timing's interesting, right? Because 2012, um, I I don't know. I mean, look, again, not a real estate expert, but I I don't see a problem with you guys buying another house as long as you maintain some level of a cash position. And and I also would say, and I don't know enough about the company you work for, but if for some reason you had concerns about funding or longevity within that particular industry, then everything I've just said is completely off the table, very frankly. Uh, Okay. So I don't think I don't think that we're <laughs> I don't think we're in trouble. I'm not I'm not the kind of person who would make those statements, anyways. But no, uh, I, I understand. But I'm saying but, like so some people are like, well, I'm in the typewriter industry. Things are looking good. It's like no, the hell they oh, are. Right, right. They're they're not looking well, good. So I guess just for sake of of conversation, then you know if if the if if looks so good in a couple of years, um, so what would you maybe change about our plan? I wouldn't buy another house. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That, that's about that the sense. only thing. I, I would not buy the other house. I, I think at some point in time, 
um, a, a income like yours, you're constantly looking for tax advantage, right? Yes. Um, and so you might want to look into, co- you know, efficiently saving for college for, for your daughter and I mean, those sorts of things. Uh, that way you can take advantage of time. Time's always, you've sort of gotten lucky with the real estate. They were good decisions, but the, yeah. t- the, the market helped you out. With, we're lucky. With college savings, though, you just need time. I mean, you need to start something now, not five years from now, because that five years is all the difference. Okay, you'll be glad to hear. We, we did start a 529. Oh, and sweet. So we've got like, yeah, we've got like 4,000 bucks in there right now. So we're just, we're trying to do 500 a month. And then we figure that, you know, it'll, it'll help when college is like a million dollars a year by the time our daughter's 18. What's your extravagance? Like, what, what, what do you waste money on? Probably just like living in LA. <laughs> living yeah. in the South Bay. I mean, like, we don't go out that much. I mean, our, you know, our idea of a date is just like, going to lunch and you know somewhere where our daughter can play with the toys <laughs> but uh <laughs> honestly we're not we're not super fancy like you know we drive a crv we're probably going to buy a prius in like you know a few months when my wife goes back to work um we don't we don't have that much extravagance um you know just for living in the south is expensive i mean we go we go out and grab you know coffees and and we don't worry about how you know how much coffees cost we're not we don't have like a coffee you know sure. budget or something like that yeah but we just we just uh, just living in the top day, really. I, so yeah, I guess here are my action steps. Uh, if you feel like okay. there's longevity within your industry, and, and and really stepping back and get other people's perspective, I have no perspective on that, but like smart people's perspective, um, then if that's you're a, smart. That's why I want to talk to you. <laughs> well, not about not about rocket science. It turns out I got a D in college physics. It was my first class. It was an eight a.m. my freshman year. And my dad was like, why did you do that? And I said, dad, this is where I needed your guidance to tell me not to take that course. And so I, bl- mm. I blamed him for the D. Well, that's okay because I, I got an F in one engineering class in college and they still hired me here. Oh so, I mean, not, not the, I didn't get all F. We're never going to make it to Mars with people like you in charge. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It was just, it was just for some like engineering class that I didn't like, but that's beside the point. But I, I think... I think you could, you know, in a in a recent episode, didn't didn't somebody say that you could work at a, like a paper milling yeah. company? Was that not? Yeah, that's that's amazing, right? She. Yeah. Yeah. So she drove a Forester working at a paper mill. That means you should drive like a crotch rocket, like a like a Ducati, because you saw my, my old boss could drive a crotch rocket. Oh, that's um. hilarious! For those yeah. that don't know, we're talking motorcycles. We're not talking about like things that you can yep. purchase online, CD websites. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, okay, so here's what I would do. I, I would, if, if you feel like there really is, you know, t- five to ten years stability at the at the minimum within what you're doing, I would have no yeah. problem with you buying another house as long as you kept some cash back. Um, okay. I think you definitely need to get a will or trust, especially with all the real estate and especially with the gift slash loan from your in-laws, right? Um, or was it your parents or your in-laws, what, whoever. Um, oh, like if something happens, then like earmark some of that money to go back to them. Yeah, because like that. Okay. Bec- because look, let, let's 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 kill you here in a rocket accident here in the next couple of years, and then yeah. your 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 wife and your daughter go on with their life, and then your your in-laws or whoever's life goes on, but their life gets rough, and then they come back. I mean, it, you just need some things spelled out there. Um, mm. And then and then the last thing is more of a try not to forget what I'm about to say because it doesn't matter now, but it might matter later. If you have significant changes of income, up or down, just look deep within your financial life because at those income levels, 
they, your life gets ruined, I mean this, when you don't mm-hmm. adjust your life when your income adjusts. Uh, for instance, let's okay. say you go, I mean, $220,000 is still a hell of a lot of money, uh, but yeah. it's $100,000 less than you're making now. And if for some reason your income shifted back to that, I've seen a lot of people ruin everything because they don't adjust down. So I would just yeah. put a feather in your cap on that one. Yeah, that that's something that I'm not worried about it, but I, I'd like to have a plan. So it's probably something that, that Maude and I should talk about over a couple of white Russians and, and yeah. just figure out what we want to do. All the big okay. Lebowski references. I should start oh, yeah. screaming at Donnie <laughs> at some point. Um, oh, my gosh. What else? What else? Um, let's see. Let's see. I, you know, if, if you don't mind, uh, not to put you on the spot, Please. you don't have to answer it, but but you know, I know at some point you switched from being a, a financial planner mm-hmm. to being Pete the Planner, sure. um, registered trademark. Yes. And so, how did I guess? How did you kind of build that into your financial plan, or is it something that you? It was more of like a emotional decision. Look that you at just you. Had to do it. Look at you in interviewing the the host. You know what? I no, just, well, people rarely ask me that question for like how was I able to do it financially. Uh, so there's a, there's a couple. There, I'll be glad to share. Uh, okay. In middle part of my investment management career. I figured out that I like teaching people about money more than investing their money. Now, a lot of times you hear people say stuff like that and it's because they were struggling with the other thing and therefore they figured out they like something better. No, I was killing it. I was doing fine. <laughs> I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it anymore. So I put together a plan that uh, allowed me to grow the Pete the Planner business uh, while I was still running my investment business. And so when it got to a point where the Pete the Planner financial wellness business was was equal to revenue-wise the other business, I sold the other business. So I sort wow. of weaned myself off. I, I didn't go all in. Um, and I will also say being a personal finance, or finance expert is a, for a living, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't follow my own advice. So we don't really live on that much money. I'm not cheap, but I, I don't <laughs> blow money. Like I... And, I mean, it's like I teach people how to live on, on less and how to, to be resourceful. So needless to say, um, it's, it's easy when you live it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but making that plan, I mean, I, f- first of all, I know you, you've got a, a couple of kids, I think, yeah, from, from I think your so. show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but then, I mean, just, just finding the time to do that, I mean, I just, my hat's off to you. Um, oh, nice. any, any pro tips for, you know, for a guy who might, want to do something similar in a few years? Um, yeah, here, here's the advice. And I, I'll give this okay. openly to anybody. And it's um, your plan has to work whether you quote unquote hit it big or not, right? So often okay. people like, like uh, let's look at your situation. Let's say you want to start a, a business and, and become a, a billionaire. Hell, I don't really care. Your plan has to work whether that happens or not. That, and by your plan, I mean, Funding college, funding retirement. Look at my situation. I do fine financially, but whether I become a New York Times bestseller or I have my own television show on CNBC, my financial plan is not dependent on that. Is is that what we're aiming for? Hell yes, that's what we're aiming for. But if I fail at that, I don't fail financially. And I think so often people attach their career aspirations to their financial aspirations, and that's where it all falls apart. Like, no matter what the hell happens, my kids are, the college are paid for, and I'm going to retire in my 50s. So that's, wow. that way I can focus on what I love to do, which is to help people with money, and not look at every decision I make as, what does this mean for me financially? Because that's already taken care of, because it's an afterthought. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. I actually, um, I wrote that down. I'm taking notes, by the way, but I, oh. I love that thing you said about don't attach your financial aspirations to your career aspirations. Just make sure that it works. I have a good you know, friend. No matter how successful. Yeah, I have yeah. a good friend who's an artist and uh, like high end, like sells his stuff for like 25 grand a piece. Like, you know, and, and, uh-huh. and for him, a long time ago, he separated, especially when you're an artist or a creative, to separate your career goals from your financial goals is super important because it's not like his work was that different when it was selling for 200 bucks at a coffee shop than now it's selling for $25,000 and it's in museums all over Europe. It's, it, you have to make that separation. And, and so often people look for their career to solve their financial lives, but I view it the other way around. By making good decisions at home, I can push my career further because I don't need my career to drive my financial life. That's good. That's good. Um, awesome. Well, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely talk about that uh, with my lady friend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, you ever, a, there's a lot ever, of ins, a lot of, a lot of outs in that plan. A lot you, of what have you? Do you uh, do you ever use the line when you're selling rockets, like, you know, <laughs> if I could put together a plan, a strategy, uh, <laughs> to get you in this rocket, can you see yourself uh, leaving uh, the store here today in that rocket? Well, you know, sometimes I've got the chance to, you know, we're in a meeting, and then, you know, some, some customers will ask about, how do you guys actually refly those things? And I'll say, well, we'll tell you if you buy a mission with us. That's and, right. And they'll, they'll be like, hmm, I don't know, let's think about that. Buy so a I, mission. I'm not, I haven't perfected the pitch, though. I, I'll work on it. How, is Lance Bass in all your marketing materials? Oh, man, Lance Bass. Um, you know, I think he has, he has swung by the, the factory. Yeah, I've definitely seen several astronauts around um, the office, like wearing their blue jumpsuits and everything. Oh my it's, gosh. it's pretty cool for like a you know a guy who watched Star Wars and Star Trek and you know wanted to be an astronaut himself. Now you're young. You're how old are you? Thirty four or something? Thirty four. Yeah. So you're Which young. Is actually old by yeah. by the company standards. There's a lot of twenty somethings at the company. I'm thirty nine, and and but do you did you ever see a movie as a kid called Space Camp? Did you ever see that movie? Oh my god, yeah. And I wanted to go to Space Camp. Totally. It was like oh, the bad. greatest movie ever. One of my best friends went to Space Camp. And I think it's the reason I uh, like him. Like right. <laughs> right. You can tell you about Space Camp. Sure. I mean he's a PhD in microbiology, which is great, but he went to Space Camp. Like, that was the greatest movie ever. You're you're at Space Camp and you accidentally get sent to space, of course, because, you know, there's no yeah. form signed or anything. It wouldn't be a great movie unless that happened. I know. So I just ruined Space Camp for those that haven't seen it. Um, oh, yeah. spoiler. Sorry. Well, Jeff, okay. that's uh, what everybody hoped would happen. Well, keep keep going, man. I'm excited. Please give us updates by all means, and I'm going to probably uh, nudge you to get a tour of your facility the next time I'm in uh, LA. So. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, I can I can give tours to, to friends and family. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, if you know, we're, we're probably not going to become family anytime soon, but sure. you know, I, I could definitely see us becoming friends. I'll wear so, a jumpsuit. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, give me give me a call and we can you know go grab a, a bourbon or something and, and then I think we'll be friends by the end of that. Oh my god, this is great! So all right, very good. Well, Jeff, <laughs> great job. Tell Maud she's uh, really the reason this is going well. And okay. uh, uh, thanks for joining us. All right, man. Uh, let's go bowling. All right, let's do it. All right, so that's it for this week's uh, million dollar plan. Who knew we'd have a rocket salesperson on? What? This show is out of control. If you want to be on it, be on it. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. That's all I have for this week. I'm Pete the Planner. See ya. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for...
information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings. Take from a faraway land, I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, 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 I